The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Brandon Junior Hockey fans, you've waited two decades for this. In the league's 50th anniversary, your Wheat Kings are the champions. Well, our guest this week, episode 26 of the Weekly Harvest podcast, is a voice that is very familiar for Wheat King fans in the past, and his face over time has become more familiar as he went from being just a local radio guy to this big national personality that I know when uh, guys like me and Crow get started in radio, we, 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 we hear about guys like this. So it's a joy to have him on the podcast. we got Darren Millard here tonight. Darren, how are you? Great to be with you guys. Uh, you say familiar voice. It's it's funny because when uh, when I worked in Brandon and did the weekend games on CKLQ, my parents had this real dilemma. They couldn't tell the difference between Dreger and I, and uh, and they had these debates. So it's uh, it's it's nice to hear that I'm actually familiar to somebody in Brandon because my own parents couldn't tell my voice uh, compared to the guy I was working with. <laughs> When, when you and Dragger, obviously, you guys were just a couple of young kids getting the start to, in radio. But Hold on, hold on. I thought Dragger was like 65 years old <laughs> at the times, and he's, he's a couple of years older than me. But that dude was uh, was organized and mature and had a head on his shoulders uh, like you would not believe. So uh, while, while we were young in age, I considered him to be uh, like Peter Mansbridge together. <laughs> You guys had to be sitting around, you know, sitting around probably the 40 or whatever the saloon of choice would have been back then. Did you guys ever think? Come on, Houston, Houston. give give me some credit. (laughs) Was there any discussion at all of you guys going pro? And I mean, is it weird to look back on that now and think that both of you made it in terms of broadcasting? Uh, no, because we didn't like, did we think about it? No. Uh, mainly because he kept us so busy. You didn't have time to think like I've, I will say this. I've never worked more days and more assignments in my career than I did in my couple of years at CKLQ. We were on the go nonstop. Uh, winter was dominated by uh, the, the Wheat Kings and then the, the other hockey that we had going on, uh, whether it was uh, the Junior B or the AAA Wheat Kings, uh, the Midget Wheat Kings uh, that, uh, that had such great runs when, when we were around, or, or the curling and the Bonspiel scene. And, uh, and it, was, it was go, go, go. And there were so many national championships, and we covered all the provincials uh, on the curling scene as well. Uh, so y- you, were, you were going 24-7, and with drags on the road, you would have, still have to do your, your sports casts and, and your roundups. Uh, so it was, uh, you never really had, really had time to sit back and think about it. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, the doing the weekings and doing that beat was like a dream of mine. So being able to be in that bubble uh, was was the climax of of a kid that that was growing up in the East End and was was listening to the people that came before me and in people like Rick Delabo and then Dean Jago and uh, over at CKX and and looking up to them and and trying to aspire to be them. And when I got to that stage, I thought I was the 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 top dog and uh, and I loved every minute of it. It was it was as big time as anything I've done. Uh, that feeling of of when I got to call weekend games to work at Q Country. What's your first memory like going back, like of the Weekings, back to when you're a kid? Who's like a first player that sticks out in your mind? 
Yeah, that's a good question uh, because uh, when I played, uh, grow up, grew up, grew up in the uh, in the East End of Brandon, uh, we we didn't play necessarily the on the indoors. We played at oh, the old Barn Three uh, was our minor hockey, or we played at the East End Community Center. And uh, I remember going to uh, to weekend games and watching the uh, the Lori Boschmans, uh, the the Rick Nichols, the uh, the Brian Props, uh, Kelly McCrimmon, Brad McCrimmon, that that era. And I remember my mom worked at Wolco, and she worked with Lori Boschman's mom. So Lori Boschman <laughs> came to my seven year old or eight year old hockey game at Barn Three. Must have been after one of their practices, and he popped over with a couple of guys. And that was, uh, I mean, it didn't get any better than that. And and to this point, what, 43 years later, I still think of that and, and how a Wheat King came and, and watched us play. Now, did he pay any attention to us? Probably not. My mom probably fed us a bunch of stuff. But I know, I do know that uh, that's, uh, that's one of my first uh, memories is, is watching those guys uh, come and watching us play. And then I remember being at a practice and Dave Chartier broke the glass uh, at a practice one day. And I'll, I'll always remember that. Uh, I have a Steve Patrick hockey stick uh, somewhere kicking around my house. Uh, somehow I got that. I have a Ray Allison hockey stick uh, that, uh, that I'm actually going to take to the office next week and, and slip it into Kelly McCrimmon's office and see if he figures out where it came from. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know where I got these sticks, but, but, uh, but that's, that's my era sort of, uh, first, uh, a glimpse of hockey, and I remember being at the uh, at the uh, Western League final uh, against Portland, and and it being so intense and craziness, uh, and uh, and that Memorial Cup final, uh, obviously losing in overtime to the Peterborough Peets, uh, breaks my heart to this day. I, I still do not like the Peterborough Peets. They have uh, <laughs> I have a chip in my shoulder about them, and it's it's funny. I'll just I'll, I'll wander here on you guys, and I apologize, but. Uh, uh, our, our, we adopted our daughter, our second daughter, and she has a, uh, a half brother who's uh, taking in a home in Peterborough, and uh, and we go out and when we lived in in Markham, we would go and visit uh, him once every three weeks, and just going to Peterborough always made my <laughs> even though it was for a great meaning, my daughter spending some time with her brother. Uh, it was it was an awesome moment. It still made my skin crawl a little bit driving into Peterborough and driving past that rink. <laughs> if there is random Wee King apparel or even like souvenirs left around, Krim would have his choice of subs of uh, suspects with being a number of Wee King connections in the organization. But I think you would be suspect number one. It's kind of a hard line sometimes to do the broadcaster and not be a homer or a fan, but you've openly made it known that you're a Wheat King fan and your love for the team. Um, and I mean, now, and that goes, of course, with, with, with Vegas. And you know Brandon almost is like, like a mini Vegas in terms of Golden Knight fans here. There's many Golden Knight fans as there is Jet fans. What's that like trying to be that impartial media guy, but really having a, a reason to cheer? Well, now I can cheer. Now I can I work for the team, so I can I can uh, root for the weekend connections with with the Golden Knights, and I can I don't have a, a working connection. I don't cover the league anymore. I don't do the Memorial Cups, so I can openly, even though I kind of did anyway, uh, working <laughs> those uh, those tournaments. Uh, uh, dropped every branding connection I could, but uh, the, you know the 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 tournament that was in Brandon, uh, I didn't do. And I wasn't crazy about not doing it. It just happened to be in a time when we shifted our focus uh, more towards the National Hockey League. 
and and I was uh, pulled in that direction. But I did come out to the first game. Uh, it was the the Taylor Hall game uh, when he got crunched into the boards, and uh, it was it was sort of bittersweet that I wasn't doing the tournament. But once I got there and realized how distracting it, it would be, one so many people that I would be able to to connect with and and see and two it's always been my dream like I once in my life I want to see this franchise win the Memorial Cup we've been close a few times and that is my that I'll be honest with everybody that is my ultimate dream I would love to see the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup and and professionally that would be incredible and and uh, I'd be so happy for for everybody uh in my current uh, position but if I was going to pick one sporting thing to happen, it would be the Brandon Weekings to win the Memorial Cup, and uh, that uh, that tournament uh, that 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 Brandon got to host was uh, was really cool to be there and and, and see it firsthand uh, and and up close. Now we got to the to the final and things didn't work out our way, but uh, but it was it was pretty neat to see. I know that I get a lot of flack from different, well, there's 21 other Western Hockey League broadcasters. And when they follow along the weekly harvest, you know, we've had Dan Duva on, we've had Zach Whitecloud, we've had Kelly McCrimmon. Every time I seem to tweet it out, they always say, oh, which Vegas connection's coming on next? You guys sure are milking the Vegas connection. I'm, I'm a branding connection. That's I'm not what a, I said I'm, about I'm you. I'm not a golden knight. I, I mean, I love my job. I, I have the best job in in the national hockey league uh when you when you're working for a team but uh but i i consider myself more brandon than you're wearing uh, a crocus plains hat come on now i am i am it's you know this uh we do a golf trip uh with four of us from from high school and uh, my buddy rj hosted it last year and he gave all of us uh middle province sweatshirts uh from the middle province clothing company and uh or i don't know what it's the middle province clothing company but it's a great great clothing line uh, out of Winnipeg established uh, 1870 and then Crocus Plains hats because we all came from uh, Crocus and we we all wear it with uh, with great pride. He's funny speaking of schools uh, I when Zach Whitecloud got called up I don't I don't know Zach uh, he's we're totally different generations but uh, I went over and, and mentioned that I was from Brandon he had no clue zero clue and why would he? he's he's in his own bubble but i asked him where he went to uh to school meaning high school and he he brought up river heights and this this tells you all you need to know as uh as people uh from the westman area listening or manitoba listening to this podcast uh i said i like i was in school when river heights was built and uh and and he just couldn't fathom that so that's uh, that, that's how uh sort of distant uh, uh long ago my my history goes back to brandon but you've got obviously a ton of connections in vegas and, and we've we've touched on this with dan with zach and with kelly but from a broadcast perspective i mean shane knighty he played for the prince albert raiders but he's from Nequa now shane born knighty brandon yeah, yeah he always, i always tell him you're born in brandon he's like i was raised in Nequa. Like, hey, See, hey you got your start his dad drives my nieces and nephews on the school bus, and his mom was my lunch lady in school. <laughs> so, but it's a small town feel. And then, of course, you've got another Manitoban and Gary Lawless right there with you helping. No, out no, 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 no. Gary is from Peterborough. Oh, he is Manitoban when it fits him, <laughs> when it suits, and when whenever he needs to be Manitoban. He fits that in. But Gary Lawless, let the record show, and my previous opinions on Peterborough are, are very, very uh, strong, uh, is, uh, is from Peterborough, Ontario. <laughs> Aside from him being a, from Peterborough, unlikely a Pete's fan, having that 
familiarity with some people and and some neighborhood type discussions that had to make a transition for you a lot easier hey so here's the thing uh i knew gary to to bump into him but didn't really know him uh because i was long gone to, to manitoba by the time um he went to winnipeg because we, we missed each other in winnipeg and shane uh, I probably covered more in junior uh, when he was with uh, PA and Swift uh, and, and my time in, in uh, CKLQ and CKX. So working uh, in those areas, but didn't, didn't know him that well. So it's, it's been fun getting to know these guys with our respective backgrounds and, and being able to discuss certain things. Uh, Shane uh, being from Nipawa. Uh, and we know we know a lot of the same people uh, from his time in Winnipeg, so we have we have plenty of connections there. And we we still like every couple of weeks come find another person that uh, that we know, uh, the Benji Miles from the old March Drive-in. Uh, we we just discovered that connection a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so so there's still there's still little things, but while it was comfortable knowing that they were Manitobans or transplanted Manitobans. Uh, I, I didn't really know them uh, that well uh, before I came here, uh, uh, other than Krim, uh, Kelly. Now, so, who, who I, by the way, I talked to Kelly way more before I worked for the Golden Knights than I do now. I don't know what it is, and we we, we laugh about it uh, that that we haven't really found uh, a lot of time to to sit down and and and, uh, and catch up uh, more regularly. But uh, it's 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 weird. We we both get caught up in doing our respective jobs, which his is far more important than mine. How did this whole transition kind of come about? Now, I know that, you know, Chris and I were, were in the office when, you know, you and Sportsnet, whether, you know, I'm not sure what terminology you want to use, parted ways, went separate ways. You know, you and Sportsnet were no longer together, mutual and coupled, whatever you want to, you know, say. So we all thought, I wonder where he's going. And I remember thinking to myself, man, I wonder if there's a chance he ends up in Vegas. And I think that was the first thought for a lot of us in the Weeking office and on the broadcast side of things. If you can, kind of talk us through how this all came about, uh, you ending up as the television host uh, for, for the Vegas Golden Knights. I can tell you that uh, it wasn't like my first thought was was I was going to hang out with my, my family. Uh, but that's not why I, I stopped working at Sportsnet. Uh, uh, I, I love my family, and I keep going back to this uh, in different conversations, but uh, – uh, I, I do want to work and I, I want to work for a long time. So uh, I, I, I was looking around and, but didn't know really what to do. And it was late in the summer. So yeah, there was wasn't late. a lot of, uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of opportunity. So I sort of initially just decided I was going to take a year and, and, and chill out and do some different things and, uh, and, and really uh, decompress uh, a little bit, or as my buddy Nick Kiprio says, decompose. Uh, in, in, in one of the meetings, I just need a couple of minutes to decompose. We're like, that's not a good idea. Uh, you're not going to be good the next segment uh, in, in that state. Uh, but the more I thought about it, uh, and, and again, reiterate uh, that I, I really wanted to, uh, to work and knew it wasn't going to be um, a long time uh, sitting around. Uh, I, I made connections with people that I knew in the, in the league and in the business. My wife comes from uh, from a background of working uh, with a team and uh, was employed by the Toronto Maple Leafs and, and the Toronto Raptors for a long time. So had that background, and we'd always talked about how it would be really cool to work for a for a team at some point. So uh, the 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 
split ends happen with with Sportsnet, and then you start leaning on your your different relationships. And Vegas was was right there because uh, of my assignment to do the expansion draft uh, in 2017 at the NHL Awards here with with Catherine Tappen. And uh, when you're doing an event like that, you're you're backstage, uh, and George McPhee and Bill Foley, the owner. Uh, we're making the announcements on stage with us, but in between segments, you'd be backstage and you'd be having conversation or creating conversation. I've got a funny story with Bob Bernie Perrant, uh, uh, if you'll allow me later on. But uh, so one of those uh, conversations was with uh, my, my boss right now, Eric Tosi, who's uh, director of Commun- communications and is uh, is taking over um, uh, added rules uh, as we speak. So. Th- you got to know people and Eric was with the Boston Bruins before knew him a bit, but got to spend some time with him in Vegas. And, um, it just, uh, we, we got to know each other a little bit and developed a, a relationship and, uh, went, uh, went another year and, and luckily it, it, it worked out. And because I think it was more because of, of that assignment and being on the radar and being able to connect with George McPhee and, uh, and have some FaceTime with Bill Foley. So he knew who I was and uh, they could say, okay, this, this is the guy that, that did the expansion draft. Uh, it was, uh, it was a very fortuitous. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, uh, uh, knowing Kelly and, and uh, his philosophies and uh, his professionalism just made it uh, because it has to work both sides, right? They, they have to want me. I have to, to want to work somewhere that I feel comfortable and, uh, and knowing Kelly uh, the way I do, uh, it was a no brainer, uh, that you'd, uh, that you'd take that plunge and, uh, and go work for a team and, and work in the United States, which was, uh, something I'd never done. And not just to go work for a team, Darren, but you go and you work for a team that has already set a precedent for creating some very creative original content and, and talk about like your, your studio what you guys had produced now, where you guys get to work out of, and just talk about the level of commitment that they've given you guys to go ahead and just do your jobs with this. Well, I'll tell you a story. We uh, we went on the air and did some exhibition games. Well, they were, they did all the exhibition games. I did the last two. And then we started the season, and uh, I hadn't done a game in a year. I'd done some OHL uh, broadcasts, some some radio uh broadcasts in the time I was off, but, uh, but hadn't done the full national hockey league pregame show and intermission and, and, and postgame show. So we, we did probably five or 10 games, uh, in around there and had a meeting with, with Eric and, and, uh, he, he was, he was great, uh, because he said to me like, it's great. We love what you're doing, but Hey, it's Vegas. So like, have some fun, stretch it, do, do some, different things if, if you want. And, and that, that kind of opened my eyes because I was playing it very safe. I was playing it very traditional. Uh, what I'd done the national level where, where you, you keep it very nuts and bolts and, and tell your stories through information and not necessarily entertainment. So that, that loosened the reins a little bit and, and gave me a bit more of a green light. And, and, and that was fun. And then the studio, as you mentioned, w- which is located at the practice facility at our, the team's head offices in that city national arena, that was already in the works and that uh, when we discussed uh, moving down here, that was, that was being constructed. Uh, and it was, uh, it wasn't ready for the start of the season. So we still had to fly who, whether it was Mike McKenna or Darren Elliott, we flew to Denver and did our road games when the team was on the road 
out of our AT&T Sportsnet studios in Denver. And then when the team was at home, we did it out of T-Mobile. So that was really unique and, and different. But the studio that we have and the set that they designed and the uh, abilities that, that we have, uh, I'll tell you right off the bat, like it's the envy of, of if not 30 National Hockey League clubs, then I challenge you to go find somebody that, that has an equal setup that, that, that we have with, uh, with the professional the look that's, that would uh, rival a national network and the, uh, the ability to produce content uh, out of there, whether it's player interviews or trade deadline shows or um, name unveiling like we did with the Henderson Silver Knights uh, a month and a half ago. It's, uh, it, it gives you so much uh, freedom and so much potential for, uh, to, for, to produce content that it's, it's amazing. And then we did four road games out of, the, out of that studio before the pause, which was, uh, which was fun, but uh, a little disappointing that we didn't get to do more. And, and we'll do games out of there. Uh, when when the resume to play happens, was it probably is that is that the best part of going from a national corporation like Rogers, where you probably have you know a set of guidelines and steps? This is how you have to do your show, and this is a line you can't cross, and whatever. To go to a, a team and a, and a management crew like you know Eric and those guys to say, hey, you know what, have some fun, loosen it up a little bit, maybe stray away from the. The, the traditional, is that the, the biggest difference from what you were yeah. doing to what you are doing? Yeah, you know, I would liken it more to uh, the Hockey Central at Noon approach where you had a bit of wiggle room uh, when we did the radio show uh, on Rogers and the NHL Network with, with Nick Kiprios and Doug McLean and John Shannon. Uh, when we did that show, there was, uh, there was a lot more opportunity to show your personality than, than on Wednesday Night Hockey or... Uh, or our, or our Maple Leaf regional games, which I which I did, uh, those were very traditional. I, I will say the the Golden Knights, and this this was before I arrived in Vegas, and and now do an incredible job of walking what is a very fine line between being traditional and observing the traditions of the game, and being Vegas, and being uh, although I'm told I say Vegas strangely with a weird inflection here and i'm working on it for for the locals in nevada uh uh there's and and being entertaining and and being uh different it's it's difficult to to find that space where you're uh because teams have tried or people have tried and and they may end up making uh or perceived to be making uh a mockery of the game or or not taking it seriously enough and uh and that's that's probably the, the the hardest thing that that you have to judge on a day to day basis when you're on the air. For me, is is making sure that you're having fun, and you're doing something different, but you're also being very conscious and uh, and uh, paying attention to the the traditions of uh, of what is a, a broadcast supposed to look like. Going back to your uh, Brandon, oh, you know what? Actually, before we get into that. I want to go. What's your Bernie uh, uh, parent story? Oh yes, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. So I'm backstage at the uh, the NHL awards. It's between one of our segments of uh, of, of player announcements uh, for the uh, expansion draft, and I feel this tap on my shoulder. And so that's where the presenters would come, and then they would go out and uh, present the Norris Trophy or the Vesna Trophy or whatever. And, uh, and this tap on my shoulder, I turn around and it's Bernie Perron. Well, I just, I, I mean, I was a Flyers fan in the mid seventies, in the seventies, you know, that, that was my team. I was a front runner and my brother was a Montreal fan. So we, we kind of had the decade covered. Uh, so we, 
I, I turn around, there's Bernie. I'm like, wow, this is, and he's like, what is this? He doesn't know who I am. He's looking for a, uh, he's looking to have a question answered. He's like, what is this craps? I'm like, what? And he's got the, he's still got a thick French accent. Craps, this word craps. I can't say go up there and say crap in, in front of all those people. <laughs> I'm like, well, let me look at the, the, the script. And it was, it was a playoff of the, the craps table uh, at the casino. I said, well, Bernie, it's a, uh, it's a gambling term. You're not saying crap. You're saying craps. It's, it, Trust me, nobody's going to think you're you're making uh, fun of something else. It's it's absolutely <laughs> part of the part of the script. He's like, I can't say craps, and this. so we, we go back for. I don't know what he's going to say, but I'm like thinking the whole way along. I have this conversation with Bernie Pront. He he takes a couple of steps away, and I thought, screw this. And I went and grabbed him and tapped him on the shoulder. I said, "Do you mind?" And I uh, did a little selfie with him, and I have that picture up in my office, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, it's just it was one of those cool moments where I'm like, what? First of all, who gets to meet these types of players? Uh, secondly, he's asking me this random, goofy question. And thirdly, I decided maybe maybe earlier in my career, I would have been uh, too cool for school. And it's one of those things where you like you, you learn after a while that, that maybe you should take more advantage of, of opportunities. Not fanboy, but Bernie's a Hall of Famer, so I uh, I got that picture, and that's uh, that's pretty cool. the The picture's cool, but the story to go with it was just bizarre and funny. Yeah, you might not have a more random encounter with somebody no. that you idolized, but no. uh, is there anybody else along the way now? Because I mean, obviously, you're around a lot of the players. Um, is is there somebody that you still get a little bit starstruck when when you do get to interact uh, with, with them in the last little while? Well, uh, I will say that. Uh, I don't know whether it still uh, occupies this place in his uh, in his mind, but the most embarrassing moment or biggest blooper uh, of Sidney Crosby's career, I was I was directly involved with, maybe responsible for, uh, and this was when he was uh, with. Uh, and I love Sid; he's he's awesome. But I saw, I saw this quote somewhere, and I've never been able to find it again. But when he was with Ramuski in the uh, Memorial Cup in London. Uh, they played, I don't know whether it was the semifinal game or one of the round robin games. And we were going to, I was hosting that tournament and we were interviewing Sid after the, uh, after the game, but we had to wait for the three stars. So I had Sid there and he wasn't a star, but I told, I said, I need you for this interview. He's like, okay. I said, but after the three stars. So, so they did the first star, sorry, they did the third star, the second star, and he's standing there. So they said, and the first star of the game, and he skates out there, and it's one of his teammates on the other side coming out of the other tunnel. It wasn't even him. And they're looking at each other, and then Sid has to turn around and come back to me. He's like, what? I said, I never said you were a star. And now, I mean, this is, this is like lockout, and he's going to be first of all. Like, he, was the, he was the man, like the world uh, of hockey. And then he started laughing, and I started laughing. And he, uh, We've never talked about it, but I did see the quote where he said the most embarrassing moment was when he went out for the three stars and he wasn't uh, <laughs> one of the stars in uh, in the Memorial Cup in, in London. So I, at some point, I want to I want to chat with him about it. it. Doesn't I saw him when he, when he came through, but I didn't get a chance to talk to him. He's uh, hooking up with Mark Andre Fleury and catching up, so he's got more weight with uh, with Sid than I do. But there's a. Uh, there's one for the for the book that uh, that I'll I'll never forget. And boy, your heart just sinks. And, and I try I was trying to grab him because you, I could see what was 
happening. I'm like, ah, oh, this is not going to turn out well. Well, I told this story last week. We had Rod Peterson on, and you had mentioned earlier, you pointed out my Melfort jersey and, and CJBR radio, and, of course, a lot of us small-town broadcasters rec- remember names. And I remember Neil Shuchuk, who you had mentioned. He was the sports director up there forever. He was my boss. He was a, a great guy. Uh, he took me to a uh, – he was at a, a Huskies dog's breakfast or some football event. And at, as a kid growing up, I, I we got the NFL network on our Star Choice satellite and i was hooked and i watched all the football lives and i was big into the nfl and i remember warren moon was the guest speaker and warren moon walked up to neil and i and he had known neil from you know radio interviews in the past or whatever and warren moon reached, cool right there. reached out his hand and said hi i'm warren moon nice to meet you and i just stared at him thinking i know who you are you don't have yeah. to tell me you're warren moon <laughs> and i was just my first year in radio this was like six months into my first job out of college and i don't think i could string two words together i think i just shook he shook my hand shook his hand all awkwardly, probably like a wet fish and that yeah it was just embarrassing but so uh, here, here's here's one for you i'll uh, I'll, I'll raise your uh, your cgvr story because who, who can who can have like competing Melford CJBR radio. <laughs> Maybe story. Brian Mons. We had a couple last week. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, 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 my internship uh, out of college was at CJBR. My dad dropped me off, uh, and I was staying with uh, one of the sports guys, not the, not Neil, but uh, Bob Krawchuk. And Neil Billinger was our ag guy, and then there's another guy there in this town hall. And I got dropped off on a Sunday, and. Bob Krawchuk was doing a hockey game that night between the Nippon Hawks and the Flin Flon Bombers. And he knew that I had played a little bit of hockey. And he said, do you want to come? You got nothing else to do. And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we, we hopped in the car. We went to Nippon. And uh, there's no pregame show or anything like that. It's just you, you hop on the air, you do it. And the first time that I get to talk, I, uh, I say, and the so-and-so gets the, but instead of saying puck, I say the other word <laughs> that that starts with an F, and Bob looks at me, and I'll remember this clear as day, and just is stunned. And I go into like hyperdrive, and I must have said "puck" twenty times in the next thirty seconds, uh, <laughs> trying to stammer my way through to try and cover up the fact that I just dropped uh, uh, one of the worst uh, things that you can say on the air. And Bob is laughing. He can barely control himself. And we go to the commercial break, the first commercial break that we have. And uh, the operator comes on the, uh, the uh, phone or the headset with us. And is like, uh, okay, uh, two minutes. Um, Bob. Bob's like, uh, yeah. Uh, did the new guy just say <laughs> on the air? And Bob's like, uh, yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, I thought I was done. That was the first sentence of my actual career. <laughs> I'd done some stuff with uh, Ricky Lobo and uh, he was nice enough to let me tag along with him a, a couple of times and, and done some other broadcasts. But at first, like out of college job interning, I, oh my goodness, what a dummy I was. But that place, <laughs> let's, let's go through the list here because that uh, place, CJBR, CK750, uh, Martine Guyard. Yeah. She worked there. Of course, she ended up on, on Sportsnet, still does some work there. You were there, Brian Munns. Uh, there's been a, a long list of, of professionals that have gone through that. And sometimes it's the smallest little stations that, that tee it up. And that wants, that takes me to the picture that the team, the Rana Weekings tweeted earlier today. I, I may have had something to do with it, but it was the program picture of you and Darren Drager from, I think, 92 or 93. Go away. 
Yeah, uh, Jason Greger from TSN 1260 said, it looks like you were auditioning for Flock of Seagulls <laughs> with that hairdo. Uh, who how, do you remember? How could it ever CQQ? go away, honestly? With, with, <laughs> with, with those looks, it could never go away. Keep in mind, like, I thought that looked good enough to take a picture to put in a hockey program. <laughs> that was your time. headshot. That was your that professional was, headshot. That was a, some big, big hair. And my wife always jokes that we, when we met, uh, I was the one that owned the blow dryer and, and, and did all that <laughs> stuff and, and, and not her. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that uh, – Natty brings that out all the time uh, just for our lives like, and, and throws it around the office. It's a uh, it's a bad picture, but I will say it was an impressive head of hair. Like Dreger is good, Dreger's good, but uh, but I killed him in the hair game back then, <laughs> and and probably still do now. Who do you remember from CKLQ back then? Because I know that when when we were on with Darren, he mentioned Leanne Doty. He remembers her; she's still oh, yeah. around and still on air. Uh, what were some other names from your Brandon Radio days that you remember? Uh, Bill Turner, John Armstrong, uh, and then Cochran. Uh, try, trying to go through the Steve Ante would, would Steve, he oh, Steve Ante for sure. Uh, driving around in that little convertible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, we uh, we had a, a lean, mean machine. Uh, it was uh, it was great. But uh, you know, John Armstrong was was the news director and was really my official boss. But Dreger was the guy that 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 took me under his wing and, and handle it and, and all the golf that we would play. Uh, and Bill Turner uh, was, was amazing at, at uh, just mentoring me and making just little, little comments w- during sports casts or uh, he'd listen to a broadcast and, and something to do or how to slow it down or, or enunciate it a different way. And, and uh, he was, uh, he was amazing. And, uh, and it, w- it was also a thrill because I grew up on Bill Turner uh, listening and my parents were, uh, I mean, that was the radio station we always listened to. So being able to, uh, to work with him was, uh, what was amazing, amazing, but, uh, yeah, you do, uh, you do Bill Turner, then Antea and then Leanne and, uh, and go through the, through the list of, uh, of the daytime and the weekdown, uh, uh, lineup on, on Q country. And you do the morning sports, uh, come go for, go home, grab a nap, come back for the noon, go home or go play, quick nine holes and then come back and do the five o'clock and the six o'clock sports and the Q country sports roundup. Uh, that was, uh, that was, that was the day and you, you did it and you loved it. That sounds a whole lot different than the way it is these days. That would be almost <laughs> nice to go back. I'm sure for, 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 for some of the newsroom guys with, with the ever changing media landscape. And I mean, that's why it's so different now with, with, with new media. Are you really, uh, thankful, uh, that, that you went through it when you did? Yeah, uh, I guess in the, I mean, I, I think, uh, nowadays everybody has such a uh, great head start because we all do podcasts and everybody, you're not, when I came up recording on your cassette and, and doing things on, on your own, you were kind of looked at like, um, well, isn't that special that he's, that he's trying that little, little Darren's doing that. Like it, it wasn't really highly, uh, acclaimed. Now we all do podcasts uh, like this, and and we we get so many reps. Or if you're in high school, you, you do you have podcasts, and you, you can get all these uh, different experiences and 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 talking to people. So I think it's it's really cool the way the opportunities open up now. Uh, then uh, it was you were 
a lot less exposure, but you, you did it. If you got your foot in the door, like, like I did in, uh, in Brandon and in Yorkton, which my, was my first actual, well, Portage the Prairie and then Yorkton, uh, paid jobs, uh, where you did everything, where I did funeral announcements. I did grain prices. I did cattle prices, uh, or the, uh, uh, livestock prices, uh, those kind of things. And, uh, and you had to re they would phone in, uh, 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 Eric Stanslight would phone in and uh, record his weather thing, and and you'd have to do. So you did everything, and you got uh, you got exposure. I mean, you didn't want to screw up a funeral announcement ever. Uh, that's really bad, and especially in, in Yorkton when you've got uh, the the Ukrainian uh, heritage and and the names there. That was uh, that taught you how to how to roll some some words, and you certainly. I mean, I'll I'll never forget being. Uh, buzzed in by Leanne, like slow down uh, during my grain prices uh, that I would read every now and then because I would go too fast and and people just couldn't keep up with with writing down the grain prices which are key uh, in, in in Westman. So uh, you learn you learn different tricks of the trade that had nothing to do with a four check or a, or a breakout or calling a, a hockey game or a curling broadcast. Uh, that, that helped you along the way as, as interesting as, as, as it is, it, uh, it all kind of made this, uh, this big stew of broadcast experiences. I remember, uh, I was doing weekends at CKLQ weekend news. Bruce Lukey, a longtime voice of the week Kings was, was still the sports Bruce director and Phil took over from me. Yeah. So it went from you to Bruce and then Bruce to me. So that there's only been three guys in, in that amount of time. It's certainly a, a been a, a real good stretch, uh, of time and consistency. Uh, I had said to Bruce, I was doing weekends, kind of just doing the, the morning run on, on Saturdays and Sundays while going to ACC for uh, broadcasting. And the job opportunity had come up in Melfort. Uh, and, and I had said to Bruce, Bruce, what, what do I do here? Like, I don't really want to leave home. I'm from Boise, Maine. And, you know, I kind of want to take your job someday, Bruce. And he said, if you want my job someday, you'll go to Melfort. You'll put in, you know, five, six good years. You'll do a little bit of everything and you'll be a lot uh, more prepared uh, when it, an opportunity in the Western League, whether it's mine or somewhere else, comes up. And at the time, I thought, ah, he just wants me out of here. Like, yeah, get out of here, kid. Go and uh, leave me alone and, and quit asking advice. me questions. <laughs> and you know what? The first week I was in Melford, I, they, they helicoptered, helicoptered me in on part of this flood coverage up at Red Earth Cree Nation. And I was basically me and, and CBC National and Global National were hanging out of this military helicopter covering the flooding. And I thought to myself, man, if Bruce had never told me to get out of here, I'd never be riding in a helicopter and, and, and checking this out. And I thought, you know what, it's never going to maybe pay off when it comes to hockey, but this is cool experience. And then, you know, you touched on the grain stuff. And, and I remember doing uh, the Nippon Pike Fest report. I don't know if you remember the Pike Fest. At, I never got to do that one. They, they would call in and the city manager would list off the biggest fish that were caught that week, the measurements and who caught them. And you had to record it and then write them all down and, and put it on the air. And I remember writing like John Smith, 41 inch pike, Dallas Jones, 43 inch pike, and thinking this is the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, but in, in other job interviews I've had since, it, it certainly has paid but off. But you're, so. you're on the air and yeah. you're, you're announcing. So it doesn't, it didn't really matter what you were announcing as long exactly. as you were on the air and the, you, you've got to go through the, process of, of being nervous and 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 getting yourself ready and and delivering and 
and trying to do it uh, as flawlessly as, as possible. That's, and what uh, were you saying, Chris? You did chuck wa- Was it chuck wagons that you had done, Chris? Sorry, one second. Something... I'm just writing down here a list of good ideas, Pike Fest. <laughs> I, I don't think that was a bad idea. I like that. We're going to bring that to Brandon. I just want to go fishing more, maybe. Yeah, but you're a big maybe. fisherman. Yeah. I don't care. I love that. I love that. Uh, yeah, you, you know, when you're broadcasting, you got to do a little bit of everything. When I was uh, I was in Olds for five years, and I was the voice of the Pony Chuck Wagons in central Alberta. So we would do the tour, and I would do the Olds, Sundry, Red Deer, Pinocchio, like, and uh, I interviewed in Olds. Did you time. really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. For For the radio station there. Oh, at the radio station there. I'm yeah. glad you didn't get it. I'm glad you, you ended did. up in Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, chuck wagon races and rodeo was was that's awesome. And, and and like I had no previous experience, and it was literally I was thrown into it. And actually, the guy, so his name is Tom Sawyer, which I always loved because uh, being a Rush fan. So I created a custom intro where it was them singing Tom Sawyer at, before I would throw him to, to to like do the actual call. So I would do the color, do the recap of what the times were, throw to him, and he was the actual track announcer who would do who would do it. Um, one of the one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Um, not- How much time was there between races? Not more than probably a minute and a half. A minute well, and a half, so two to, minutes. You'd have to be busy to recap and then then set up the lineup for. Uh, oh, it the was teams that were going for the next race. It was a lot. It was a lot. Um, and as you know, and and of course, as you know, as the years go on, all of a sudden by like year three, uh, I mean, I knew three quarters of the drivers. I knew their backstories. No, no, no. You were drinking with three quarters of the drivers. <laughs> well, <laughs> after after the races are over, as I said, I got to know the drivers. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, over the years, just some good old country boys. I mean, yeah, like we're at the track, at the stables. But, you know, by year three, you're telling these stories and all of a sudden it just it became like I was actually invested in it in a lot more. And it wasn't oh, totally. some like outsider sport. I actually got into it. But that's I mean, the way I was with curling and uh, got yeah. invested. And Resby uh, Coots. Res- oh, Resby was my roommate in the, the Briar in, in Ottawa. 1993. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, curling. You, you you if in Brandon, if you can cover curling and hockey in Brandon, you can cover anything anywhere. With the amount of scrutiny that's uh, that's on those uh, those those two sports, yeah, I was I was telling Chris last week that uh, I picked up a part time job at the Verdon Golf Course here just to keep myself busy during uh, during this whole pandemic, and and we'll he get wants to, to golf pandemic. for free. He just wants yeah, to golf for wanna, free. Yeah, he's found a loophole too, but I don't mind that at all. And you know what? The tips are great. I work ladies' night, and <laughs> it's fantastic. They got me and another guy. We ride around on the beer cart, and it's fantastic. But I was saying, you know, you you touched on the the critics and Brandon for the curling and, and whatever. I mentioned to you maybe off air that I had done the public address for the senior uh, Southwest Baseball League the other night while in for coffee the next morning. Boy, did I hear it. I haven't been on the radio since March 7th, and I screwed up a couple of names and you know, just having fun with it. Oh, and yeah. the little old ladies, they knew <laughs> and they remembered and they made sure to tell me. So I know what you're saying about the curling. Westman, it's harsh. You got some harsh critics. If you screw something up, you're going to hear about it. You don't need a message board or Twitter. Or they'll just come and find you. And Go to the uh, coffee shop in the morning. Great. Hey, I remember <laughs> when you got when you when you joined Q Country, uh, my dad, uh, this, this is how interconnected everything is, that uh, – my dad saying uh, the new guy is uh, from Boys of Ain and he's uh, a cousin or a nephew of Ken Crow. Um, uh, what's what's the relation there with Kenny? Well, that one is I can't remember Murky? off the top of my head, but yeah, it's it's something with my grandpa and his brother. It's it's more of a 
my dad's relative as opposed to okay. mine, but somewhere so, uh, down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was very happy to, to be able to fill me in that, uh, that the new guy was, uh, was a fellow Westman, uh, <laughs> product and, uh, and had a relationship with Ken Crow, who was a goalie, ran goalie schools and, uh, the like, uh, around Brandon. And I'm, and, uh, I'm not even sure where, where Kenny is these days, but he uh, uh, coached the ACC women's team with Larry Shannon for a couple oh, of really? years. But well, I that think would be he... a bad combo. Those two together. <laughs> oh my goodness. Those, I think those, he those retired guys. Yeah. I think he retired after a couple of years. Although Larry's still going, uh, Larry's still going, although he's got a couple of assistants. Helmo. Larry actually coached me when I played at ACC. When you uh, see Larry, give him a big hug for me. He's uh, that's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's outstanding. There's a name from the past. Well, let's get back to kind of the, the main focus of, of why we wanted to, to have you on, aside from the Weeking Talk. Big news today, I'm sure you've been following along because it certainly affects your immediate future. Uh, Bob McKenzie and other hockey reporters kind of laying out the facts and the, the, the points of interest for the NHL's return to play. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty broad question, but what are your general thoughts on everything them. that's going on? So, uh, so oh boy, for people that are, uh, that are listening, uh, that okay, well, let's be. open up the, let's open up Bob McKenzie's stuff here. So 23 and minutes this is ago, also the greatest, this is also the greatest thing about working, uh, for a team and not the national network anymore is, uh, well, I, I know about this information, but, uh, I, I can talk to people, uh, my, my connections and they know I'm not just hunting for news because yeah. we're not really, Newsbreakers, we're, we're broadcasters for the team now. So it's, uh, I find people are a lot friendlier to me and more forthcoming now. So basically, just he's going through the list, uh, talking about the finalization of the, you know, tentative agreement for the return to play and, and, you know, how, how it's going to play out. Uh, if, if, for example, inside the bubble, you know, a player test positive. Uh, they've talked about how uh, for a, a maximum of five weeks, the players could be in their bubble without their families. But for the conference final in the Stanley Cup, their families would be allowed in. Uh, yeah. Players, staff will not be allowed to leave. Uh, they must wear masks uh, inside facilities. Coaches won't need masks on the bench. Uh, players won't need it when skating or working out. Uh, if a player has to leave the bubble for whatever reason, he has to come back and quarantine for four days and do X number of tests. Uh, until they're back negative based on where he had gone. Uh, they talk about uh, in this, uh, obviously Frank Cervelli, you know, tweeting it from TSN as well. Uh, they talk about um, uh, how they would handle staff, officials, hotel security, food service staff, buses, and everything that's going on with it. it it's quite the lengthy list, uh, but certainly thorough would be a great word to say. I mean, we could well, be here for an hour. What, I'll what give you, you an idea of, of how thorough was is and and has been uh, a conversation that i had with uh with somebody was how do you if you go to video review and this this conversation happened uh took place probably a month ago but uh the conversation that they were having is is if you went to video review uh how does the referee or the linesman uh use that headset and what do they do with that headset? Because somebody else can't use that headset. Because yeah. you can't have the cross crossover. Now, I don't know whether things relax on this or they just disinfected the headset or going to disinfect the headset. But those kind of conversations about uh, went down to those little details or seemingly little details uh, all the way along. So it's uh, it's quite uh, onerous, the, the the process of getting this return to play ready to go. The latest tweet from Frank Cervelli says, between periods, during games, 
the bench area, including the flooring, bench surface, dasher board, water bottle areas, and all the glass will be disinfected. That should, be, that should happen anyway. It should happen anyway. Like, <laughs> like in, in, every, in every league that, that we've ever played in, the bench area is, is just gross anyway. So yeah. <laughs> this if is a real good progress. If you're playing rec on a, on a Monday night at the Oak Lake Arena, you can bet that your empty, 10, Coors, you, your empty Coors can from the week before is still sitting exactly where you left it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I think I think that may be the biggest bit of progress that, that that's going to come out of this is uh, the disinfecting the period uh, the the benches between periods and you you mentioned the coaches don't have to wear masks on the the bench right okay do any of them wear masks on the bench instead of holding up the the lineup cards <laughs> so we can't read their lips that's a good do thought. They, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to Pete DeBoer about that. Uh, I'm going to sit down with him in the next uh, few days for some some content for our games when when we get back playing. I'm going to actually ask him that, and I'll try and find the clip and send it to you uh, because of uh, it, it was uh, inspired from this podcast. Uh, but that's I, I wonder because so many guys hold up the lineup card so we can't read their lips. Just wear the mask now. <laughs> I can't imagine. Could you imagine uh, an ornery guy like, you know, even Mike Keenan or a guy like an angry Lindy Ruff throwing a mask on? Or, you know, one of those old school coaches that just got all owly about everything. Pat Burns, Pat Quinn. Could you imagine them being told that they had to put a mask on? How would Pat Quinn smoke his cigar between periods if he had a mask on? Well, he's chomping that gum, right? <laughs> that, uh, that, that was Pat Quinn, uh, what I remember about him uh, in the Toronto days. He just uh, he just tore through those. Uh, in fact, he got a, uh, a commercial out of it uh, that, uh, the, with, the, with the gum manufacturer. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that. Uh, and, yeah, and, and Iron Mike, him whacking that stick and and doing all that, uh, that would that would be interesting. Do you think this is? I mean, you can. It's probably a political answer, but do you think it's going to work? Do you think the NHL will be able to complete the playoffs? Yeah. Uh, I, in fact, I've said over and over to to my colleagues, the people uh, that that uh, that I hang out with and, and in communication with, that the safest place will be a bubble. Like, is it going to be perfect? No, nothing's going to be foolproof. It's just, it's, it's not possible. Uh, but you can't tell me with the extent of uh, precautions and uh, processes that they're, they're putting in place that that bubble is, isn't going to be as safe as anywhere that, uh, that you can be. Certainly safer than, than what I go through on, on, on a daily routine or, or you go through on, on your daily routine. Uh, my exposure is a little bit higher because of where I live, but uh, but I think uh, I, I certainly think it's uh, it's it's going to work, and I and I give them all the credit in the world. I mean, the adjustment that they made from uh, from Vancouver and and Vegas to to Edmonton and Toronto shows that uh, that they were leaving themselves flexibility, and the National Hockey League uh, has has executed to to this point. Uh, as well as or better than than what I've seen from the, the controversy surrounding the NBA and and Major League Baseball, and uh, we can't talk about the, the National Football League yet. But uh, but I've been really impressed with the leadership um, and what they've done from Hockey Ops and uh, the Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly and, and the Commissioner uh, uh, Gary Bettman. Before we uh, wrap things up, Darren, we got to be talking we're about. We're done the, because I, I, I like this trip down memory lane with all these names that, that I'm I was, that were thrown out. I was not Pete doing Gerlinger. the goodbye. Pete Gerlinger is awesome. I was not doing the goodbye, but just before we even get close to that, I want us to put at least some time to talk about 
the chirp. Talk about what's going on. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, that's one of the things that that I that I wanted to do a podcast uh, when I worked at Sportsnet, but uh, we just we weren't allowed to do them uh, at, at the time. That's not that's not uh, a, a shot or a criticism of anybody at all. I I, I, uh, I love uh, the people that I work with and I love my bosses. Uh, they're the people that are still there are, are amazing, uh, but we just it didn't fit under the the umbrella. Uh, we didn't. The, you had your thirty one thoughts podcast and 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 different things. So when uh, when I left Sportsnet, one of my first things that I that I did was was try to organize uh, and, and put together a podcast. It's a lot more work than I thought it was. Uh, there's a lot more responsibility uh, with it uh, between the recording process and making sure your levels are good. And I had some real mistakes along the way as as you learn. I'm a commentator, aka poodle, so I didn't know the whole uh, everything that went in. I just grabbed the mic and and, and talked. So uh, I, I, it's been a real learning experience, and it's something that I've. Uh, it's it's been one of the most uh, gratifying. And proudest things that I've done in my career because it's it's there's been nobody else. It's been my family and me that uh, that have kind of really led to it uh, with uh, some real um, guidance uh, along the way from from some mentors, and it's it's been awesome. It's uh, and it's I'll be honest, I started it uh, to talk to my friends and my buddies. It <laughs> evolved a little bit from that to uh, to getting into some some different interviews, but, uh, but the, the foundation of it will always be talking to friends, uh, around, uh, around hockey or, uh, around sports. Uh, there's, uh, like Peter Mansbridge, uh, allowed me to, to speak to him, connected with him in, uh, in December. And, uh, we spent 45 minutes on the phone and, and that was, that was really cool. But, uh, the hockey people have been so generous with their time with me. It's been it's been a blast. I wanted to name it Pigeon Talk or You Pigeon, uh, <laughs> but uh, the guy uh, the George Arabian uh, from uh, the company that uh, designed the logo, uh, he uh, he said I don't even I, I, he we played rec hockey together, men's league hockey. He said, I, I play men's league hockey. I've never heard of people being called pigeons. Uh, we're not naming it that. So he changed it to the to the chirp, and uh, it's one of those ones where. I'm really glad I had smart people around me because the chirp is much better name and it's, uh, it's a cool logo. So it's fun going back before even the chirp. So after you left Sportsnet, some of your first podcast things, I know you're doing some stuff with Dean Blundell. Now, yep. when I was going back to also my day and days and olds, uh, I was doing the morning show on the rock station there. And every day I'd be listening to the podcast of the Dean Blundell show with him and Todd uh, on the edge. How did you meet Dean, and how did that connection? Because that's two guys that I never would have thought about putting in my head together. Like that, yeah, like, you're again, right. like I've fans separately, and all of a sudden I was like, "You guys were together." I was like, "How did that combination come?" Well, we come both out? we both had some time on our hands. Uh, that's first and foremost, and we lived a couple blocks away from each other in Markham, and we we literally did it uh, the the podcasting around uh, his his kitchen table and uh and he's he's a really talented uh broadcaster uh we, we did you guys just like, like 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 meet in the toronto circles though like how did that come about yeah, like yeah he was uh, he was in toronto and then he worked at sportsnet uh, doing the sportsnet uh five five ninety morning show so i knew him a, a little bit but uh he he lived in markham so i actually got to know him more because we lived in the same neighborhood mm. 
and uh, and would see each other at rinks or or the ball diamond or the grocery store that kind of thing then uh, then I would uh, being on on when he hosted the morning show on 590 the fan uh, so we, we developed a relationship then and uh, and yeah it was it, it, I love doing the the podcast with Dean because I got to talk about things other than sports and 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 show some range uh, and uh, and he's super super talented he's, he's awesome I, I can't wait for Dean to be uh, back on the air and I think he's he's come a long way and, and shown great uh, growth in in learning from uh, from uh, like we all have from uh, from different missteps and uh, I, I think uh, the world's going to be and broadcasting in general is going to be much better uh, when, when he's back in the air because he's a funny dude well, we always do a little rapid well, there, fire I will say segment. This. There, there has been times where I've said, "Dean, you can't say that," or "Dean, we're not talking. <laughs> we're not talking about that." Because well, I wasn't it was probably good to have you there to maybe keep, keep on the straight, <laughs> you know, straight and narrow. But he like also brought playoff. brought me out a little bit too. Uh, it wasn't yeah. just me me uh, pulling the reins in and and uh, and shutting him down. Uh, I, I did and, and went different places with with our conversations that. Uh, that uh, I never would have done. So I, I give him great credit there. It's, it's fun. And I, uh, I hope to do more stuff with him. Well, I was saying we, we usually wrap up our, our guests with a little rapid fire segment and hit you with some, some quick questions to yeah. discuss life, uh, you know, favorites, uh, things you like, things you don't like. Love this. Uh, my, my first one, what, what was Dreger's your number one? Answers? Uh, oh, uh, Dreger was not, happy with was he the one that didn't like tiger king or was it ray ferraro that said tiger king oh, that was would a complete be ferraro. waste of time ferraro doesn't like anything <laughs> one of them was really grumpy about tiger king I, that would be I, had to be ray. it was ray it was have, ray yeah yeah guarantee i don't even need to listen to that one uh, i know i know that that was ray <laughs> uh but that, that complete, complete waste of time i think is what he said yeah. <laughs> what was your no, COVID race. binge Ray, I was in Verdon coming back from Verdon. Speaking of uh, of uh, your where you're working, uh, helping out there with the uh, the golf course. Uh, coming back from Verdon when Ray set the record, so we played. Um, I don't know what game it was, Bantam or whatever. Uh, listening to the radio, and when Ray set the uh, the record for most goals scored in the Western Hockey League, and uh, and I I still think it's cool that I get to classify and uh, him as a friend and, and be able to uh, to work with him. My my COVID binge. Uh, was definitely Tiger King. My wife and I went through that like uh, it just nothing else we've ever watched. Uh, we <laughs> went through it, and it couldn't like it just it became more bizarre. And Carol uh, Baskin has become this just like internet sensation. Uh, no, it's it's <laughs> it's become like an anthem to us. This this <laughs> motto or this this phrase. Like every now and then, we're like Carol Baskin or something. Like, this <laughs> reference, random reference, has become part of our. Uh, be part of our culture so uh definitely definitely that and uh i did go back and watch um uh west wing uh i i went back and watched that series because that was uh that was a great series back in the day and i never would have got a chance to uh to watch that again before I get into mine, I still have not watched Tiger King as a follow-up because on multiple people's Why? suggestion, just to not waste my time on it i don't know I no know. no it's good no it's it's fantastic good. entertainment you yeah, see no, I, I, uh, I tell you it 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 is fascinating, and then they're they're doing a spinoff or they're doing a, a second season of it or something like that. And and when they do find Carol's ex husband, uh, wherever he is, whether she's involved or not, there'll be another chapter there. So it's uh, it's it's you need to watch it because 
it's a credit to documentary filmmaking, uh, <laughs> in, not in its most traditional sense, but wow! I think and the guy from uh, the the guy, the reporter guy, the producer, like oh the the guy with the cowboy hat, yeah, right like he's start, just smoking so and drinking. Many- characters uh i think i've already got the most of it carol baskin definitely fed her husband to tigers i don't need to know watch a single thing i've already learned that and i know i don't have to watch a single episode to share the meme i will never financially recover from this i have i have sent that to people after i make any purchase now i think that's one of the funniest things to do i i absolutely love that one i all right i rapid fire favorite nhl city to visit uh new york city uh just I always wanted to go there as, as a kid, uh, spent my 30th birthday there, uh, by myself. I don't know what I was covering. Uh, but I was, I just happened to be in New York city in the, uh, in the summer of, um, of that year. And I got to do some cool things there with, when Eric Lindros signed, uh, I, I was there, um, shortly after nine 11 and got to see the emotion uh, of that. Uh, I was there during Stanley cup final, uh, running, going for runs in Central Park, which is cool. I just, I, I'm, I'm a real big fan of, of New York City, and don't nobody get mad at me about any other uh, National Hockey League cities. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, New York City is is beautiful and wonderful, and I love it. All right, you're sitting down for a meal at uh, the new restaurant. I can't think of the name of it, but owned by William Carlson and, and his crew of guys, uh, the Steakhouse Players Lounge. Uh, the players lounge. Okay, so you guys are sitting down for a meal there. Your whole broadcast crew, you, Gary, you Stormy, <laughs> the whole crew, Gary, Shane, you know, Dave, yeah. Stormy. Who's the last person to reach for the bill when Gosher. it comes to the table? Dave Gosher. All yeah. right. I don't even. I don't even know this because I'm not on the road with them all the time. But Shane, I just hear Shane say all the time, <laughs> Gosher's the most the, the cheapest guy. <laughs> he's, he's the cheapest guy. I was hoping you were going to throw Gary Lawless under the bus, but <laughs> no, Gary's actually pretty generous. I, I will give him. Uh, I, there's a lot of things I can say about Gary, but uh, but uh, cheap is not one of them. He's uh, he's he's really good, which which means he's he's making a lot of money. <laughs> which is a good thing too, uh, and has taken care of his uh, his money. And, and Stormy, uh, Stormy is our ringside reporter, and uh, and uh, host, and she's uh, she is a star uh, waiting to just explode onto the scene for those that uh, that don't watch our broadcast. She is amazing. I'm just trying to think of her right now, actually, before I ask my question. Stormy Bonatoni. You, you don't know how many, like, aside from going on the air, and uh, there's there's one other name that I practiced over and over and over again. It was the first Gulf War. I was working at GX94 in New Yorkton, and uh, General John de, Cha- Jean de Chastelaine, uh, or John, whatever, but it was de Chastelaine was the was the last name. And I practiced that over and over again, trying to get that right. And then Stormy Bonatoni, Bonatoni uh, is is the other one when I first went on the air because I didn't want to screw up my new coworkers <laughs> right. name the first time. Mike McKenna was fine. Darren Elliott was good. <laughs> Shane Hanadi, uh, that one I at least I Shane Hanadi, yeah, <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd been through before. Uh, is there a news story that you remember going on the air with or breaking or tweeting for that matter that at the time you were just kind of stunned by it, shocked by it? I'm sure there's been a number of stories over the year that you've been involved with getting the word out there, but is there one that you remember in particular? Uh, that's a good question. Um, it means I'm old. That, uh, <laughs> that I'm, I'm trying to think about it. Well, you were reporting before Twitter was even a thought. 
Yeah, that's and sadly that is uh, that well, is very and, true, and that's what I go to is you know people will you know back in the day and again even my myself at my age I joke about it on on my show sometimes. I still search out the top of the hour news because I want to know what's going on with so what, what, what that is, right? So it's not always always being connected with 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 the phones and going back in the day. The radio news guy broke the news to everyone, especially back when you were you know doing what you were doing. So yeah, I just wonder if there was one that kind of popped in your mind that you remember when it kind of came into the newsroom or something happened. You're like, man, I can't believe we're about to go on the air and say this. Well, it wasn't the uh, when the Melville City Council voted to uh, approve the uh, ship in a bottle uh, expenditure uh, at City Council that I was working at uh, one one time uh, when I was. At well, TX you just brought it up, so I don't know if that's then. I mean, it, it's uh, stuck in your memory. It, it, it had stuck to in my that. memory. Well, you know what? I went back and it asked our ad guy. Impact. This is the second uh, reference to an agriculture reporter that we had. Uh, we had one in Neil Billinger and Melford, and we had. One uh, at GX94 and uh, Jack Dawes was his name. And I came back with the uh, the agenda for city council. And he's like, I said, I don't know what to report on this. He goes, are you kidding? There's a ship in a bottle. They've approved the spending and making for the city of Melville. Do something on that. So I did a voiceover on the, uh, the city of <laughs> Melville approving the expenditure <laughs> of uh, creating a, a, a ship in a bottle. Um Far off topic, uh, but getting back to it, uh, probably one of the Lindros stories. Uh, I got to be close with with Eric for a period of time when uh, when he was uh, sitting out with the Philadelphia Flyers. So doing doing things like uh, that and and that reporting, and also trying to balance uh, my relationship with him at, at that period, and then uh, getting the news out there. So there's uh, and and everybody was following that, uh, and then he subsequently send uh, eventually signed with the with the New York Rangers and then, and then join the Toronto Maple Leafs. So those were, those were two big stories uh, that I was able to, uh, to follow at the time. And, uh, and uh, doing the expansion draft uh, for the, for the, for the golden Knights, I was amazed at, uh, at how late we got the names. Like we did a couple of rehearsals for that show, Catherine and I in uh, at T-Mobile arena with fake names, uh, just made up stuff literally made up stuff that we were just doing run throughs to make sure that the videos and things, things matched. But I was surprised at how late we, we got the names, uh, draft lotteries. Uh, I, I, I was in the back room the, the night that, uh, that Austin Matthews or that the Toronto Maple Leafs won the first overall pick. And I had that information right as it came out of the, the, ping pong room the sequestered room so i was one of 30 people in the world that knew for 20 minutes that that the toronto maple Leafs had won that draft lottery that was and uh and the winnipeg jets had uh, had jumped up i knew that uh, that was going to be significant for kevin shovel and, and that group uh that was uh, that was a pretty cool moment knowing how elite of a group and closed off group that was my last one. Uh, okay, so you're leaving the Keystone after a Friday night game between the Wheat Kings and the Prince Albert Raiders. Where's your watering hole slash restaurant back in the early 90s? Where were you oh, going for a post-game Houston's, bite to eat? Like straight to Houston. Not even a bite to eat. You didn't, <laughs> there was no eating. No eating. Oh, you know what, though? Uh, I will say this, the keg, too. If it was a Friday night, the keg. Uh, uh, but, uh, but on a Saturday, it probably would have been Houston's. Friday night was uh, what did they have there? Megas, Mega Nights. 
that was uh, long that was before my day. time. I was born in '91, Darren. So trust me, it wasn't it wasn't pretty, uh, <laughs> uh, Megas. Uh, but uh, we used to do a pregame show. Dregs and I would do a pregame show. We did it from Thunderbird Bowl, and we did it uh, at times from the keg, uh, the keg lounge. And uh, my parents would come to both the Thunderbird Bowl and the keg and uh, and watch their son do the uh, the pregame show, which was uh, always. Very, very cool. My dad remains to this day uh, my my biggest supporter, and uh, he's he's so cool. Uh, Perry did that article, uh, yeah, longest art. Like I, mean, I don't have to write a book now because Perry did that in the random Sunday the other day, and uh, and my dad could not be like he phoned me three straight days. It was it, we we talked three straight days and <laughs> about it. It was, it was it was it was cool. But uh, but the keg on a Friday night and any other day, uh, Houston's. Now they're both still there. Yep. Good. So you're good. Although but I can't the, tell you the uh, last the, time I went to Houston's, I, he, and I my wife's in the house, the so I, I better not say anything either. But <laughs> I can't tell you the last time I ate after a game, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're parched. You guys know this. You're parched after a broadcast. Yeah. You got to get yourself. A, we got a mini fridge up in the up in the press box. Yeah, you know, it hasn't worked for like a season and a half, though. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> like, we gotta get that fixed. It's like <laughs> it's like barely barely cool. <laughs> we didn't have a we didn't have a bulletin board. We just tacked it straight into the gyp rock. Uh, like it was it was That's pretty weak. basic. And and there, you know what? When I when when I joined Q Country, we got the the radio rights for the first time. They'd always been at CKX, uh, so it was it was a massive deal. And uh, and doing those games is still such a such a thrill uh, to be able to say that I uh, that I worked Brandon Weekend games and like Darren Ritchie was a player then. Uh, that's how long ago it was. And now he's a good buddy. But, uh, but you, I will give all the credit in the world. That is a national hockey league room. The way that you set up the, uh, the broadcast booth, uh, in, in the Keystone center. And it will always be the Keystone center. Yeah. Sorry. Westman. If anybody out there listening West, wants to West donate Oba. a new bar fridge, we West could, uh, we, could we could use a new fridge. So anybody's really? cleaning out their garage, we could, yeah. uh, we could use a new fridge up there. Have 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 you seen the the Ring of Fame on the outside there, Darren? That, that has your yes. name you on it and the other yeah. broadcasters. Yes. Yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. It's 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 amazing what yeah. what what you guys have done. It's really 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 cool. And uh, I, I'm I'm not saying that with anything but the the most uh, uh, positive uh, enforcement of the, of that. It's uh, I, I I give you guys all the credit in the world. It's uh, that that lineage and that uh, that history is something that I think we can all be proud of as uh, as as broadcasters uh, in Brandon and, and and working with the Wheat Kings. It's uh, it's it's I'm I'm proud of where I'm from. I'm proud that I work there and uh, and I, and I can't wait for them to to eventually win. If when I've always told Kelly this when they when they win, I will be part of a team picture somewhere. I will I will be <laughs> in that team some kind of team picture i will be there you i'm sure that you've already sent kelly your ring size not only for a stanley cup ring with vegas but for a western <laughs> hockey league memorial cup ring as well millard fan number one on the side yes. of the ring <laughs> yes well i uh i mean my history with the weekings goes back a, a long ways but nothing nothing uh will would ever top uh, a memorial cup win i mean richie and gil Wojcik and all, all those guys uh, that are from my era, uh, Marty Murray and, and Wade Redden and, and that, that group of guys. I mean, I can still, I'll can still text Wade Redden and, and we'd talk about weaking stuff. 
Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's the way it is. And then that story that I told in the brand of sun about Kelly being outside my house, uh, checking up on a, with the billet that we had, uh, because you always skip curfew and me going, me going out, probably heading to Houston's and Kelly waiting for, uh, for, for the player to come home and, and break curfew. I'm like, Grim, Grim, hey, hey, <laughs> good old East End Brandon. My mom used to phone, like, Dregs would do an open line show, uh, Q Country, and uh, my mom would phone the open line show and ask Kelly questions uh, about why our billet wasn't getting more ice time. That's how big a fan <laughs> were. And I'd be sitting in the room going, we can't really be doing this. But we did. Uh, awesome. Love it, Darren. This was, uh, this was excellent. I know that uh, you've been great to, to me in my transition into, into the Week Kings, and uh, it's always uh, good to hear from you when – uh, my wife actually, long before, I mean, people always say that I'm a big Vegas fan now, but, uh, you know, when we, uh, when Vegas got the team, you know, my wife being a big hockey fan, I mean, she played college hockey. Uh, we had the NHL game center and, and she watched that first game. Uh, she liked the logo and everything. Watched that first game after, of course, the, the tragedy that had happened just down the, the road from the rink and that whole ceremony, everything, she was hooked. So, I mean, she, she loves listening to Dave and Shane and, and you guys, the, the production you do, it, it's become a staple in our house watching Vegas games, uh, even aside from the Brandon connection. So, uh, well, when I get a little too and, traditional, make sure that she sends me a note and says, "Hey, it's Vegas. Let's go." <laughs> yeah. If you're wearing a black suit with a white shirt and a black tie, I'll get her to to send you a message and tell you to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. You're you're, you you're not doing? flashy enough. I'll need that uh, that little reminder every every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> this has been fun. I've, uh, I'm a big fan of your podcast, you guys, and uh, I love seeing who you're, you're getting on every week. And it's uh, you're working hard at it, and it's uh, it's a great uh, great way to keep everybody involved and, and keep some ties to the past and tell some cool stories. Well, and you mentioned Perry. I mean, he's he was doing a great job of keeping everybody up to date on the alumni series. I love how he's reaching out, and he did that story on you. And we were actually texting earlier today. He we were joking that maybe we're starting to share one small brain here because. We kind of were talking about booking you on while he was doing that story, and now he's getting Drager for his article after we had him on the podcast. So seems like we're all kind of spinning in these small little circles now, and we're trying to go after the same guys. But we appreciate you uh, you giving all this time, and obviously showing a lot of love for Brandon, and that's never that's never in doubt with you. So it's always great. I have to the have uh, picture of the water tower in the East End uh, up prominently in uh, in my hallway, and my my <laughs> wife laughs at me about my love for water towers, but it's. Uh, it's right there because I, I grew up in the shadows of it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, episode uh, 26 of the Weekly Harvest uh, put in uh, into production, of course, uh, in partnership with Q Country, West Bank Communications Group, and the brand of Weekings. It'll drop wherever you get your podcasts uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, you can get it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch it on WCG TV. Uh, check your local listings on the guide. Uh, and you can also get it at qcountryfm.ca. So uh, thanks for uh, listening this week, uh, and uh, we'll uh, keep you informed of who's jumping on next week. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.